Hello, listeners. This is Chris Brazewell, director and host of The Odalay Show, urging you to go visit Clear the Bench Arizona at www.clearthebench-az.com. Clear the Bench Arizona, LLC, is an association which is seeking to obtain fairness in the judicial system by educating the public on the history, process, and status of judicial officers in the state of Arizona. In reaching out to others impacted by the system, the organization says it has learned of many injustices which are related to the judicial system as a whole. The selection and retention process and the political processes at work in the Arizona State Bar Association, which is supposed to be the gatekeeper for the Arizona Supreme Court. Clear the Bench Arizona is seeking to provide education to the people of Arizona about the selection of judges, the performance of judges, and what the public can do to make sure fair people are put on the bench and remain on the bench. Clear the Bench Arizona is located in Phoenix and works with many people whom it considers to be victims of the court system, the Arizona State Bar and Attorneys, and the organization says it seeks to clear up and clean up the system from politics and profiteering at the expense of the people it is supposed to protect. The goals of Clear the Bench AZ are to educate Arizona voters on the importance of judges observing principles of the rule of law and deciding cases, and to educate Arizona voters on their right to re non-retain judges who do not follow these principles, and to evaluate judicial performance on the basis of the Arizona Constitution, established statutory law, legal precedent, and the rule of law principles as a means of providing substantive information to educate voters. Toward the end that the Arizona judiciary main, remains impartial, apolitical, and able to dispense justice, Clear the Bench Arizona is organized to hold all judges, courts, commissioners, court officers, and personnel accountable to the people and constitutions of Arizona and the United States. Again, to learn more about Clear the Bench Arizona, visit www.clearthebench-az.com. Clearthebench-az.com. So greetings, listeners. Come one, come all. Welcome back to the Odalay Show. It is August 8, 2014. Rather than an interview, this edition of Odalay is an editorial essay, specifically an open letter um, to the Honorable United States Senator John McCain, penned and postmarked on July 7th, 2014. Next Monday... I say the Odalay show will welcome back its next well welcome its next feature interview guest who guest whose identity I will withhold now because we it's a it, you must wait until Monday to ascertain I don't wish to spoil the surprise uh, for Odalay listeners so look forward to that you don't want to miss it I will post promptly at the conclusion of the interview uh, on the 11th. Dated July 7th, 2014, Senator John McCain, United States Senate, 241 Russell State, Russell Senate Office Building, Washington District of Columbia, zip code 20510. Dear Senator McCain, I have consulted with two practicing attorneys in recent days with respect to a complaint to be filed at the United States District Court, District of Arizona regarding the apparent unconstitutionality of the United States income tax. Neither attorneys have been interested, citing such reason as, one, it would be viewed as a frivolous lawsuit by colleagues in the state bar, two, the case would be, quote, unwinnable, unquote, three, the action would constitute a real threat to a complainant's person, potentially family and liberty, and four, 
There is hearsay about high court apologetica for the income tax in favor of it. However, from my vantage, winning, so to speak, is not the primary object of such a filing. Rather, the capital point is the proper and circumspect conduct of my own civic due diligence, dereliction of which, in my view, is most certainly far more perilous to my and my neighbors' states of liberty. Examples of what happens when people neglect their civic duty are everywhere. Of course, we exercise our natural rights to reinforce them. Otherwise, we are at greater risk of losing our rights. This particular argument is upstream of any position regarding the unconstitutionality of the 16th Amendment, the purported 16th Amendment. Rather, the United States Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, provides the United States Congress with the power of the purse. Therefore, the United States Treasury has no need to use my labor as its mint. Nevertheless, by its doing so, I am, in effect, held in bondage to a writ which has no value, enforceable or unenforceable, beyond its symbolism of congressional fiat and certainly not a value beyond my spirit and freedom and vocation, and such a dynamic violates the liberty of mind and body to which I am a legacy as affirmed by the authors of the United States Constitution. You and I and all citizens must not forget that we are our government, right? Sovereign elect, that is why this situation is important to me, and by the same logic it is important to you. My perspective does matter because I come by it honestly and in good faith to it that the Congress and or the Treasury misunderstands its role and or that a malfeasor is acting out of ignorance and or in bad faith on behalf of the Congress and or the Treasury. My best option for specific legalistic recourse, apparently readily available to me in order to peaceably establish an historical record of my position herewith, is not exactly clear in light of the fact that the attorneys with whom I've spoken, who are according to the local rules of procedure among those most appropriately credentialed with the local cottage industry of the courts, that is the Arizona State Bar, are unwilling for me to hire them for their procedural counsel. Clerically, I suggest that a False Claims Act complaint would be appropriate, appropriate in construing that the organization which is locally doing business as the Internal Revenue Service is, purports to do the organization which pur locally purports to do business as the Internal Revenue, Revenue Service is, in effect, defrauding the United States government through its treatment of me and my own rights as a United States citizen, and that the Congress and the Treasury are being misrepresented by the same offender or group of offenders from a constitutional perspective. Such relief through the False Claims Act is philosophically sound, in fact, and there is a strong likelihood that it would be the first such approach regarding the question of constitutionality of the federal income tax. I would not mind filing in pro se, and what is most important to me is that I place my position on the record with the clerk of the court for purposes of marking the historical record precedent. However, I would require procedural counsel for the False Claims Act approach, for example. According to correlated statute, again, we are the government and as such the dollar, like the federal court system or the Congress or the, the Treasury is a construct of the government that was fundamentally set forth by our Constitution and therewith it is, in essence, by the natural rights affirmed of the United States citizenry, by the authors of the Constitution, a public contract, which is only as binding or relevant as it is tractable. Our government entities are not uncontrollable mysteries, nor are they only controllable by mob rule regardless of what various local for-profit jurists or attorneys or legalists or bureaucratic officials, ciphers, or their respective derelict fiscal caucuses have to say about the matter recently and that, or historically, and at such time that our agencies are no longer in conformance with the natural laws iterated by the Constitution, they are no longer 
iterated and affirmed by the Constitution. They are no longer legalistically binding upon men and women. I did pay the income tax for 2013 at a local location. After inquiring if there is one, the armed guards in the building were all well-groomed and their gray uniforms were clean, I observed, as I emptied my pockets and removed my belt for them as they requested, and I and my son walked through the body scanner. I suppose their context in all of this makes them Congress's armed guards, or is that only the story as the tax collector would tell it? And this is a very, not wanting to fess up to brigandry. This is a very important question. I remarked to the U.S. Army veteran who's, who received my check that, for example, the transaction which was occurring at that moment could best be understood as me and him doing business as the United States of America. Regarding the incidental relevance of the Army, I feel certain that old Sarge there at the desk would have a compelling opinion about liberty in the Constitution had I asked. And I suppose I am glad he was there to take the more than $2,000 check rather than someone who could not accurately define their station as a incidental or not as a bond agent. But the path for me to underwrite, you know, if you might, my preference uh, for, for funding would be to underwrite Netcom and the Corps of Engineers was in this case convoluted and circuitous and my, per my accidental public audit appeared to be possibly coerced on its face. In all instances where the concept of government can be as simple as me and that gentleman doing business as the United States, then it must be. Otherwise, in an applied sense, a government by the people is derelict and useless and its authority is vacated. And interject partisanry is meant to be a protocol and an ongoing attempt, for example, by which such a minimum threshold of government can be maintained at all times uh, at, uh, in all situations. Uh, uh, Civilly, personally, I have always paid the federal payroll taxes since I began bagging groceries at age 15. And I now, you know, now that it has come to my attention that the income tax, federal income tax, is apparently a violation of my natural rights as a free man and an American and a United States citizen, I'm put upon to peaceably file a complaint in the proper venue, which I understand, according to, uh, you know, doctrine, to be the clerk of the United States District Court here in Phoenix, Arizona in addition, of course, to opening a dialogue with congressional elect, of course. The only thing on my collection letter that said United States was the postmark. And I've been a working journalist for 14 years, and today I'm a pro bono public press agent and, and an investigative reporter. And I must say that the financial collection note, which I received in concert with the signed letter from a local agent, along with an IRS collections manual, which anyone with five minutes of access to a computer and printer could produce all amounts to an applied effort that is quite indistinguishable, frankly, from various other common mechanisms that I've encountered in the marketplace when I have conducted accounting and financial fraud investigations. With economic fraud, there is always a blind alley, and there is always subterfuge, and there is always a linchpin agent who is often ignorant of his or her own role in the operation. And there is often black market information, transactions, or leaks, and there is always some seal or standard or corporate logo or other symbolic letterhead used to facilitate and shield the crime, as if it were occurring in good faith. And that is, fraudulent document letterheads never say fraud by con artist or road agent or brigand or forgerer or forgery enterprise or organized crime syndicate Inc. or train robber. And at best, the process as it relates to me appears to be at least partially privatized with respect to the collection process and the letter I got from and compartmentalized the collections banknote 
which incidentally is as valuable as the script. Just a piece of paper with words on it as the dollar. Just means a different thing. It's a different tool. And compartmentalized administratively in terms of accounting, the operation was in such a way that effects of a perpetual invasion of my privacy, moreover, is it is constitutionally unfounded. And although the local collections agent told me that no individual investigation regarding my person or activities had been assigned or conducted beyond the information which I volunteered, as I'm led to believe that I must, that definition of volunteer, the overall process does not appear to have occurred in plain view. I can't audit it. I can tell you what I saw. Historically, I've filed forensic information related to fraud in the marketplace with the appropriate federal law enforcement agency departments for criminal complaints and with state attorneys general for civil complaints. And if I cannot find any support on this matter, I suppose I will file this complaint with the Bureau like I've done in previous matters when private fraud has occurred in the private sector. And as a point of order, expect that I might find moral, political, and civil support to file some sort of document with the clerk of the United States district court locally, which may be the best venue for this effort. And that is why I'm compelled to share the situation with you, sir. I believe this to be a philosophically compelling issue, and I also see it to be a critically important issue, even potentially emergent, with respect to at-large justice and my or any individual's civic duty. Uh, regardless of the exact path, it's important that I do something in my capacity as a scrivener and an investigator and a patriot and a writer, a man of letters, any counsel in good faith from your staff regarding how best to proceed with this matter, such as introductions or referrals or suggestions, is most welcome. I'm happy to spend additional time regarding the matter and answer any and all questions regarding how to conduct due diligence herewith. Most faithfully, respectfully, and verily, Chris G. Braswell, Managing Editor. Braswell Communications, Palmer Precinct, Arizona Legislative District 28, United States, Congressional District 9, Phoenix, Arizona, zip code 85020, wireless phone 713-409-3017. And that's it. And that's, that's how one writes one's uh, congressman or woman. Um, and they appreciate it. They're glad to get it. Um, you know, if we don't, you know, recognize and affirm and make use of the system as it was set out for us, then we lose it. We lose our voice. We lose our recourse and relief for such things. And that's how to do it. Um, you know, better or worse. Um, and they're glad your, you know, your electors are happy to see it. That's their job. And they're, if they understand their role, and they ought to, if they're there, such a position if they're incumbent then they get it so go ahead and do the same again thank you listeners for streaming or downloading this august 8 2014 edition of the odelay show which you can find on facebook at facebook.com slash odelay show or in the podcast department at itunes under odelay with cg brazewell or through the rss syndicated feed at the brazewell communications website www.fusepowder.com Follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash brazewell underscore Chris. Also, look for my forthcoming book titled Embedded Alive, First Person Journalism in the Continental United States, 2013-2014, which is due out in November through the publishing department of Brazewell Communications Incorporated. Thanks for listening. Odelay Show.